Good evening, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Report. T-Bird along with OG. Mo is out this week. And uh, OG, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We're going to try to get it all, uh, fit it all in. But it's just a lot of stuff going around. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump this to the front. We let, Let's start off with the Hawks because we need to get them out the way. We got all kind of problems with the Hawks. And, you know, we heard reports today that uh, uh, Tony Wrestler's son, Nick, is making some calls up in the front office. That's one of the reasons why Travis Slink left. And, uh, you know, the the big thing is that he was for bringing in uh, uh, Deontay Murray and giving up three uh, first-round draft picks, but Slink wasn't, and that's why it was a power grab, and Slink lost. So situations like this always make me think, is this a power-hungry owner that, like a Jerry Jones, like owner that wants to do everything and have all this say and power, but maybe is not the expert in that particular, you know, role? I, I just... Yeah, it, you know, it, it kind of... <laughs> Makes you feel that way because, you know, he was relatively a quiet owner. And then all of a sudden we got a lot of stuff going on in the, in the front office. And then you bring in Kyle Carver to be an assistant GM. What's up with that? Yeah, it, he's unproved. I mean, certainly he, he's his name is well known around it. And, you know, he was great while he was here, but uh, unproven. I don't know about that. Unproven. Un unproven. You got Travis Slink. This guy's been there, done that. Uh, I'm I'm more prone to trust a guy that's done it than somebody that hasn't. And this is the kicker. Trey Young and Nick um, Kressler. Is it Kressler? Did I say right? Yep. They're best of buddies. Yeah. So what does that do? That ties Nate's hands because he can't discipline Trey Maybe the way he should, wouldn't what you think? Yeah, it, it's certainly going to put Nate's job well job at risk if he does kind of do anything negative because you know Trey's going to go tattle and, you know, get him in trouble. And so, I mean, Nate already needs to do a little more, but but now he's there's that threat looming of, of you know, Trey's going to go tattle. So it makes him want to do it less. Yeah, Dick, I'm going to bring you in on this one. I want to get your thoughts on Trey and Nick Wrestler being the best of buddies. And Nick is the son, 27 years old, OG. And they moving him in there, moving and shaking. And that that just don't that just don't breed good. Uh, I, I think of it this way, man. Um <laughs> it's gonna be a lot easier to get those lotto picks um <laughs> if we keep going this direction. You I mean, you're right about that. I mean. Maybe maybe that's, you know, maybe they're playing 4D chess and we just don't know it. But the thing also about this is, and this is something I want to address with you about Kyle Corver. Kyle Corver went back to college and, you know, finished up his degree. You know, he went to uh, to uh, Creighton University. Um, he's, he's, he's a pretty, you know, intellectual guy. And I think he can sort of see the angles. 
I think he'll be all right as a GM, to be quite honest with you. I think he'll, he'll probably sit there in the wings. He'll probably stay with Atlanta for a few years and then just get a better job someplace else, you know, depending on the, 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 on, um, on how things go here. But I mean, honestly, I think I got this feeling, man. I just got this feeling Kyle Culver might be all right when it comes to GM. You know, you said it best when you said he'll wait around and then take a better job somewhere else. What? Why can't Atlanta ever be that better job that, that attracts people? That, that's, a, that's a good question. Because of situations like this, I mean, look at, you got the owner's son stepping in. He's 27 years old. Yeah, I'm wearing a, underwear older than him. Right, he's like, a kid. He doesn't know enough to know. He's just phoning the one friend or two I mean, that he has. I mean, industry. for all we know, he could have been around and interning in the GMs for like the last six years. And, and maybe he's smarter or not. But, you know, from the outside looking in, it doesn't look well. It doesn't look very well. I he mean, probably can't even play basketball. <laughs> I mean, they did I mean, give up a lot. They did give up a lot for Murray. And I'm not saying he wasn't bad or anything. What I'm saying is, like, I mean, you don't have to come off, cut off your arm and your leg to get what you want. You well, can just cut off your arm. You know what I'm saying? Well, let's think about it. Three first-round picks in the NBA is not like three first-round picks in the NFL. You only got two rounds in the, in, in the NBA. And most of those players don't even make it. So to me, I like the deal because look at our first round picks that we've got that ain't doing nothing. You understand? So I, I, I was for the for the move uh, from the beginning. So I, you know, I I didn't have no problem with that. But Slink thought it was you know giving away too much. But on on Slink's hand. He was he was the one that put the team together, so he had an idea of what he wanted to do. And if you ask me, I think he should have let him stick with it. I mean, yeah, you know, he he drew up the blueprint. Somebody came in with some crayons, right? But you know, it's you know, j- just to get back to what you were saying though, he, you know, with first rounders, you know, if we keep playing the way we're playing with a you know a lot of system, we could probably end up giving up somebody good, man. But even if you get somebody in the draft, and OG, you can jump in on here. They got to have time to to get acclimated to the league. I don't care if they the best pick, the first pick in the draft or whatever. I mean, we're ready to win now. So, you know. You know, it, it happens more, and, and, and it's always quicker and quicker. But you bring somebody in because you hire somebody because of their plan and their vision with the team and and how to get them from where you are to where you want to be. But then you, along the way, somebody somewhere starts undermining, you know, the plan. And, and then it's, it, you never get as much time as you originally talked about. It's always, I need this done today. And sometimes it takes a couple of years to get those pieces in place but you never have enough time to see it all the way through. And and this is case in point. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, we we, we got to give Travis Link some credit. You know, he was the GM when we went to the to the finals a couple of years ago. So, you know, I think you let him finish that out. Uh, I think uh, him and Nate, uh, Nate was his board, so he was going to have to make a decision on that. And whether they fire Nate this year or whatever, Nate's – gonna be out next year no doubt i think because slink was tied to nate you know he brought nate in right. if he's if he's gone then it makes it even easier to get rid of nate 
So I I think the writing's on the wall. Nate probably knows it, too. He he knows it, and he's smart not to resign because he's going to get all his money. If he resigns, that may be different. Right. And, uh, you know, to finish up on that, um, our Hawks are, what, three games under 500. We, we're, we're playing pathetically. We, we come back from 24 down, get a one-point lead, great comeback, and we come down and we don't shoot. We don't uh, shoot anything in, in the paint, don't go to the basket, come down four consecutive times with the clock winding down and shoot four threes, don't hit anything. They get a long rebound each time, go down and score, and the game's over. And this was against the Bucks, right? Yes. Okay. Giannis had nine points. So, that and that's a rare game for, for Giannis. Let me ask you this hypothetical here. Do you think that – what? 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 Nothing. Nothing. Because <laughs> our star player is a three-point shooter, well, he he's – he likes to shoot from distance. He may not be good, but he's he's a distant shooter. And and the Bucks, you know, star player is a big man. Is that why they're having more success? Because because they can shoot they they feed the ball to the well, big man they, in the they paint. They get the they get in the best of both worlds. They got three-point shooters and they get the inside. And when they go inside to Giannis, he dominates. And then when when he gets the ball, you got to clamp down on him, and that frees up the threes. That's what I'm saying. You got to go in the paint sometime, you know, to to get the free threes. Most of our threes are contested because we just shoot threes. So anyway, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm kind of with you. You got to decentralize the attack, you know. Yeah. So you know, maybe they can get it together. Let's let's hope so. <laughs> All right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the NFL coaching carousel. Got some names popping up, OG. We'll back see. We'll back at a moment. Hey, this is producer Dex with the Couch Potato Sports Report. I have so much fun watching these guys talk about sports like they're sitting around a water cooler. There are a few things that can compare to sharing your peace of mind about something that you care about. Have you ever thought about telling the world what you know? That's where Podbean comes in. Podbean is a podcast platform that combines live streaming, analytics, a website, and more all in one place. You can create, record, distribute, manage, and monetize your pod from a desktop or phone app. Start with the basic free plan and receive a $100 credit for advertising to build your audience. Now go to the show notes, click on the link, and you will receive $100 advertising credit when you start your podcast today. Also, it's a great way to support the show. Hey, this is Mo Better with the Couch Potatoes Sports Report. I'd love for you to join us for what always promises to be an entertaining and lively discussion on the latest news in sports. And trust me, I need all the support I can get because refereeing these matchups with T-Bird and the other guy is no easy task. But it's always a lot of fun. Tune in Fridays at 6 o'clock. All right, we are back on the Couch Potato Sports Report, T-Bird and OG, um, where we list, where we talk about sports the way you want to talk about it around the water cooler at work. 
you know, in the simple form because we have to break it down. When you listen to the big guys, you know, they want to use all these big words. We're going to use words you can understand. Right, OG? <laughs> That's, right. That's right. All right, OG, we got, uh, you know, it, it was Black Monday this past Monday, and uh, we got a lot of names going around the NFL for head coaching jobs. And, uh, you know, of course, Dean Pease is out with the Falcons because he retired as a D.C., so we're going to be looking for a D.C. So give me your thoughts on the coaching carousel. So we got, we got a treat uh, this year. We got – uh, several coaches fired during the year, uh, as well as kind of the, the typical, the, the Monday, you know, after the season's over, the typical, you know, heads will roll. Um, so right now there are five, I think, head coaching positions open. You've got the Panthers, the Colts, the Broncos, Texans, and then the surprise move, the Cardinals. So they fired Cliff Kingsbury. And then somehow, some way, in Tennessee, the Titans fired everybody except their head coach, it seems. Uh, so whatever yeah. he, he did, man, he, he, was, uh, um, he was good wordsmith in uh, making sure he stayed, but everyone else went. Well, you know, <clears throat> that's what you do. If, if you feel like if you're the head coach and you need to make changes, you know, you're going to make changes amongst your coaching staff because when you start doing that, you probably next, right. <laughs> you know, so – uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it happens every Monday. I mean, every year on, on the Monday following the, the last Sunday. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of guys again, you know, we got the ruling rule that's going to come into effect again. And, uh, I don't know if you heard Stephen A. Smith, but he said, if you're a black man, you don't need to apply for the Texas job. Cause if you get it, you're only going to be that one year. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, in, in the last two years it has been that way. But, you know, uh, you got Eric B. Enemy. He's uh, in the mix again. You know, it's, he, he can't seem to get a job. So uh, it's going to be interesting on, uh, you know, who goes where and what happens and for how long. <laughs> that, that's And like we just talked about in the last segment, you, you, everybody wants to win right now. And some, sometimes it's just not possible to take a bad team and, and make a miracle happen and have a winning season. Right. And you, well, let's look at uh, Arthur Smith, for, for instance, for the Falcons. Going to be going into his third year. Okay. Back in the past, they gave a coach a five year plan. Okay. Now, your third year is your pivotal year most times. So, what do you think in this third year for the Falcons that we're going to be looking for? And what do you think our record should be? Oh, that's a loaded question. So I, I think if I am the GM and I say, all right, Arthur Smith, you still have a job, but this is your third year. You've made a lot of promises here that you haven't delivered upon. What is going to be different this year than the last two? Because you've heard all the all the talk, and but the proof is in the record, and we did not play good football this year across the board. We have elements of, of you know, we are a great team controlling the ball but that doesn't win you know that doesn't win all the all the games so i think we need to find a definitive quarterback whether that's with or trade or free agency or even in the draft but we need a definitive quarterback and we say it up here we need a dang defensive line yeah we we need a line and need edge versus bad and and you just mentioned in the break uh defensive coordinators retiring so that's another hole to fill and 
you know, another scheme and another. It's a lot of learning on top of needing a lot on the defensive side. Well, you know, OG, most fillers around the league, uh, coaches and media, think that Arthur Smith has done a good job with what he's had to work with. Didn't have any money, had to get a lot of guys on one-year deals, and, you know, he wins seven games two years in a row. So, like we say, the third year going to be the pivotal year. I heard one guy say that uh, we ought to win 10 games next year. And uh, that's saying a lot. But then again, you got a, you got $70 million in uh, money coming up. So you got some money to work with to get you some free agents to get you over the hump. And we need to spend it. We need to spend every penny of it. But we got to do it wisely. And that is that does not mean bringing in a, a number one, you know, big name person that's expensive. We don't need a wide receiver or a tight end. We or running back. I mean, we we are well stocked in in those areas. Yeah. So do we do it with a quarterback? Well, maybe. I think Ritter. There's some potential, but is he the guy? I, I think it's too early to tell. But man, I would spend money on O line, D line, linebackers. Yeah, you 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 got to get. You definitely got to have a quarterback or figure out what you're gonna do with that position. And you, I'm going defense mostly and maybe a couple of interior linemen because you got your tackles. They, they will re-up McGarry this year. I think he earned it at right tackle. So uh, you got to go interior. You got your Pro Bowl guard on the right side, Lindstrom. So you got to get that. You got to get a little depth, and you got to get that uh, left side guard because we having all kind of problems with the left guard. Can't keep nobody in there. So, you know, Dex, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of switching gears over to the Broncos. I think B Eric Bieniemy needs to go back to Colorado and, uh, you know, maybe coach for the Broncos, man. Get up in there. He's already an offensive coordinator. Look good over at uh, the Chiefs. So, yeah, yeah he, he might have some, you know, he might have some success up there. But if you if you listen to people in Kansas City, he's not the one calling the plays. Yeah. It's it's uh Andy Reid. So but I would think he got some kind of something to do with something. Right. Yeah. But you know, but Andy designs those plays and call them up. I love what they do. Did you see what they did the other night? They did some kind of they got in a circle and they did a circle like this right here, yeah. and then they ran up to the line and ran a play and scored. Yeah, but it, it got called back. Yeah, it was like yeah. it's like almost like a uh not a merry-go-round, yeah, but, you know, carousel. Carousel, yeah, yeah, that's what they call it. I think the carousel, something, and and all the just nobody knows how you're gonna like you immediately yeah. run up. Trump. You can't like you can't defend against that because you don't know how they're gonna line up. That's ingenious. That's, that's what smart. we need. And yeah. the key, they didn't substitute anybody, so then the defense didn't have time to substitute, yeah. and you can't match. And you, you can't match. Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, it, it, it's wonderful. So, um. If I'm so 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 we thinking uh so we did talk about the quarterback and uh let me I want to ask you this OG Derek Carr is out there would you want Derek Carr in Atlanta yeah he can throw the ball. he can throw the ball he got benched because he had twelve inter you know this was what, week seventeen he got benched so two before two games before the end of the season he had twelve interceptions let me tell you another quarterback on a winning team that had 
12 interceptions in five fewer games. That is one Dak Prescott. No doubt. And But yet Dak's getting all the love and all the praise because yeah. the Cowboys are winning because the Cowboys have a defense and they're, they're balanced. But man, Derek Carr and the, the Devontae Adams connection is real. And that, that Derek Carr can throw the ball. No doubt. I would absolutely go after him. No doubt. I mean, I don't know if I would, but he's a quarterback. Should we? <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury's an offensive genius. Do we go after him? That's a good point. Would Arthur Smith do it, though? <laughs> All right, guys. When we come back, we are going to talk about those Georgia Bulldogs. Do anybody know them? All right. Back in a minute on the Couch Potato Sports Report. Why would you hold on to a stale old auto policy when you have a fresh new car? New ride, new you, new plan, right? The LeVette Group will assess the new you for a tailored policy that meets all your requirements. So why not update your auto needs with a personalized plan from the LeVette Group? Call me, Todd Dean, to find the best package that fits you. I can be reached at 678 777-7718. Again, I'm Todd Dino with the LeVette Group, and you can reach me at 678-777-7718. Hey, this is T-Bird from the Couch Potato Sports Report. I think about Atlanta sports all the time, but I talk about them every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern here on Podbean. Follow the link, join myself, Mo, and the other guy as we'll discuss all Atlanta sports from the Braves to the Hawks and the Falcons. Again, join me, T-Bird, with Mo and the other guy every Friday, 6 p.m. live, the episodes will be available on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen. Hey, this is producer Dex with the Couch Potato Sports Report. I have so much fun watching these guys talk about sports like they're sitting around a water cooler. There are a few things that can prepare to share your peace of mind about something that you care about. Have you ever thought about telling the world what you know? That's where Podbean comes in. Podbean is a podcast platform that combines live streaming, analytics, a website, and more all in one place. You can create, record, distribute, manage, and monetize your pod from a desktop or phone app. Start with the basic free plan and receive a $100 credit for advertising to build your audience. Now go to the show notes, click on the link, and you will receive $100 advertising credit when you start your podcast today. Also, it's a great way to support the show. All right, we are back on the Couch Potato Sports Report. T-Bird OG uh, coming at you this Friday. Uh, again, want to tell everybody to don't forget to, to join us on Podbean, on uh, Spotify, all your streaming networks. Go to us and uh, hit us up on Twitter the couch at the Couch Spot. Always looking for your comments. And um, we're, we're, we're a little bit everywhere, so... Uh, y'all come in here with us on Friday nights, every every Friday at 6 o'clock. OG, 
How about them Georgia Bulldogs? Man, oh man, I I bet it. Uh, I bet they were started building the statue of uh, Stetson Bennett. I'm like you said, you, I'm telling you, the boy got a statue. I mean, that was a total, total beatdown. And when that happens, of course, in a game like that, you're gonna you're gonna have the naysayers say, "I told you, TCU shouldn't be there." Right, and, and that's a reasonable argument because they are not. They're in a Power Five conference, but it's one of the smaller ones. I mean, the Big Twelve on occasion has a good team. But historically, Big 12 teams do not match up well against SEC or Big 10 teams in, in big games. Well, you know, I, Georgia was just hitting all cylinders. I mean, everything that they touched turned to gold. Stetson Bennett was doing his thing. The running backs were doing their thing. The defense, they, those guys couldn't even breathe. And when they got a touchdown, it was almost like, okay. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, and I know a lot of people that were turned off for that game. But me, I'm the type, I don't care who you are. I'm going to monkey stump you and make you like it. I don't care if you're a 12 and under team or NFL team. I want to win. And, you know, th but the thing is, that team, the TCU team, that was the number one Georgia team in the country. I don't think Ohio State, it, it was a different team that played Ohio State. They, it, they did not look anywhere close to that skill but they were good enough as a team to still win that game and then they they showed up in the finals in a that, big way that was well that game against ohio state uh i mean against michigan was their championship game right a absolutely right uh yeah um you know that game took me back to film school when i was watching um saving private ryan on that beach scene it was just nothing but dead germans everywhere it was just it was rough they just brought you know, like I was saying, they brought bad breath to a gunfight, and it was just, it was nuts. So the game got me thinking, man, since they started the BCS, the current format, the four-team four playoff in 2015, there have been more years that the best game has been in the semifinals than in the finals. The very first one in the semifinals, the four-seed four Ohio State, played one seat Alabama in a heck of a game. And then the, the final game, Ohio State beat down Oregon. In, in 2018, UGA played Oklahoma. That was the Baker Mayfield-Oklahoma game two overtimes. Mm -hmm. And that was an incredible game. And then the finals was a good one that, that year too. That was an overtime game. But the close game, I, mean, I just want a good finals matchup. And we just don't get that because it, any team can win any given day once but with the format we're going to with the 16 the added we're going to tease a lot of that out but yeah. just looking back 2019 same thing it was a boring finals the you know the best game was Alabama Oklahoma in 2020 Clemson played Ohio State that was a that was um Trevor Lawrence and and um and CJ Stroud battling it out that was when Tre uh, Trevor won and then I just why are these good games seemingly always happen, happening more in the semifinals than in the actual finals where it should be? Well, apparently, you know, one of the teams <laughs> blows their load in the semifinal game because you had two great semifinal games. Right. You know, you had TCU Michigan, you had Georgia, and uh, who we play? Uh, <laughs> Ohio State. And uh, so, so, and then the team – 
And then Georgia still had it. But TCU had busted their bubble. And we I, and I figured that. I figured because they played incredible against Michigan. Their backs were fast. I was like, man, they fast, you know? So, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that's what you get in, in that respect. I think I think TCU is a very good team, a much improved team. Like we talked about that last week. But I, I feel like Michigan did just as much to lose that game as TCU did to win it. Well, and not it, 10 out of 10. I think TCU win three, maybe four. But that's why they play the game. That's why they play the game. But, you know, on the other hand, you're going to have people talk about, well, you know, we, we went – 12 and oh we deserve to be in there so that that goes back to that so yeah let me ask you guys this you know and i see this a lot in sports you know to where um an underdog team will come in and they'll just get this huge emotional response off of that off of one win and then just completely fall apart on the next one um how much of that do you think factors in with emotional maturity being there before experienced teams versus unexperienced teams I think it definitely can play in it because you are you're told you're not supposed to be here and and it's it's a one game you've got to win to advance so you put all your time and attention and focus on winning this one game that you you it's hard to get built up again for the second game you know the follow-up game and so you just you don't have anything left in the tank and it comes down to experience too you know georgia's been there they've been there you know, last year they've been there a few years before, and TCU. That's that. It's new to them. They they in the big game. They're in front of the uh the big lights. They on that TV, and they probably got butterflies. And they again in that game against Michigan, they blew everything that they had. I mean, you can just tell, man. They Georgia was like a a a a, a freight train running over them in that game. Yeah. Interesting fact. A, a Georgia high school quarterback has played in the last five championship games. That's that's pretty good. I, mean, I tell you, Georgia throw out some talent. Georgia's got a, a good QB pool. Uh, so, all right, I got a question. I know we mentioned Stetson earlier. Is he what? What you give me? The, you you give already me knows that what word. he's going to ask. You already know. <laughs> you already know. I, I already know. I was gonna ask you that. No, no, go ahead. I just, I just want to know if Ritter's not your guy. Hell no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> look, look. At best, Stetson's gonna be between a fourth and a sixth round pick. At best, uh, I am not convinced that Stetson Bennett can play in the NFL. Never know, but it's been a bunch of quarterbacks better than Stetson not make it in the NFL. And I'm I'm happy for this kid. I'm happy for his story. He came from he I'm, when he came from nothing in the football land, he came from nothing. So and he getting all the acclaims. I'm happy for him. Eat it up. Cause if I was him, I'd be eating it up, signing autographs, doing all that. But when you get to the NFL, that's a whole nother ball game. That's a whole nother level. Everybody is fast. You know, everybody hit hard. And I just don't, I just don't think Stetson can can be an NFL quarterback. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think he can. And I think that 
He's going to get a shot, though. I think he's earned a shot. That's why I say uh, playing the way he did, he got into the draft order. So, you know, I, yes. fourth, fourth, I ain't going to even say fourth. I'm going to say fifth to sixth, possibly seventh. Agree. I, I agree with you on this. And I think there's some potential that he could be a decent call, uh, a pro quarterback, but he's a excellent He's a hero and one of the best college quarterbacks. To me, he's he's on that on par with like like somebody like Tim Tebow. You know, T Tebow won the Heisman and a couple of national championships, but he never amounted to much in the NFL. He's just not an NFL quarterback, and I, I think Stetson falls in that same bucket. But like you, eat it up, Stetson. You have earned it. You yeah. have, you have paved the way. Like you have done everything you can do. I hope we're both wrong and, and <laughs> get it all. I think he's going to be a first rounder in the Canadian league. I mean, I can see Calgary stampede all That's day. That's a good point, man. You know, honestly, I, I think he's a little light in the ass to be playing in, in the NFL. You know what he's like? He's like 5'10", 5'11", uh, 90. I've taken bigger dumps after a Taco <laughs> Bell night. But, you know, just he's he's he has like a lot to build up to if he's going to play in the NFL, you know. Well, you know, that's a good point, though. I forgot about the Canadian League. Now, he got a chance to play some football. Got the XFL. XFL's debuting that, soon. Be, there you go. So, if if the draft don't go well for him yeah. and he don't like the situation, I guarantee you they'll take him in the XFL because they need stars. Is yeah. is it Stetson's size, in your opinion, that holds him back? What holds him back? Maybe a, a little bit of size, but – I just, I just don't feel. You know, you can feel for a quarterback. You know, you can just, you just get a feel. I don't get that feel. You know, when I think about Stetson, but I ain't gonna count him out because hell, he done came a long way and did this, and he played in the SEC. Yeah. So I mean, you know, you you just never know. I know he, what you're talking about. That you can't command, measure his heart. Yeah, you can't. It's hard to measure command. You know, it, when he walks in the room. He may or may not have it. I've never been in a room with him, but it doesn't appear that way. So the, the, I mean, the, the players love him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's a lovable guy. I'm sure so, he, he's never going to have to pay for a drink in Athens, but, you know. No, nah, he's he's not. So, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. And uh, we'll see what happens. All right, guys. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Major League Baseball. going to switch gears a little bit. And uh, going to talk about, uh, we're going to actually talk about AAA. So be back in a minute. Hey, it's OG from the Couch Potato Sports Report. You know, the smart one. Listen live every Friday at 6 p.m. on Podbean as I drop some knowledge on T-Bird to tell him like it is. And then he tries to tell me why I'm wrong about Notre Dame being hypocrites, the Braves repeating, or soccer being better than basketball. Chat with us live on Fridays or catch it later on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Why would you hold on to a stale old auto policy when you have a fresh new car? New ride, new you, new plan, right? The LeVette Group will assess the new you 
for a tailored policy that meets all your requirements. So why not update your auto needs with a personalized plan from the LeVette Group? Call me, Todd Dean, to find the best package that fits you. I can be reached at 678-777-7718. Again, I'm Todd Dean of the LeVette Group, and you can reach me at 678-777-7718. And we are back on the Capital State of Sports Report. Uh, just talking about everything that uh, from baseball to football. We're going to talk a little basketball. And, OG, we're going to switch over to baseball right quick. And we're going to talk about um, the uh, AAA baseball parks. They are all uh, – all 30 Major League Baseball parks are going to be using the electronic strike zone. What, what What's your thought on that? <sighs> Is it good for baseball? I think it will make baseball less objective. You know, one one umpire's opinion makes all the difference in the world. Well, this this kind of makes everything fair across the board. And it sounds like it's going to essentially relay the info to the plate umpire who then makes the call. Or it's it's more than just replay review on on challenges. And so I think by doing this in AAA, one, it invests in AAA ball, but also it's a great kind of test run, if you will, for potential in, in the majors. So let's get this right now. The the, the plate ump's going to be back there, right? Yep. Just like always. Right. But is he going to have a little thing in his ear? Yes. That tells him it's a strike or a ball? Some way, somehow, this electronic thing will, will feed him the information of, hey, is this a ball? Is this a strike? So he'll know some way, somehow, whether it's earpiece or vision or some way he'll know. Okay, because, see, I didn't know that. I was thinking that uh, they were going to pretty much take that up out. and But he's got – so they still going to have a human element in there. But if that thing causes it a strike, it's a strike, and he's going to say strike, right? Right. And right. If, he, <laughs> if it's a ball, he's going to say, nope. You know how they do. They. I feel they like you go to the games for the hot dogs and the umpires, man. I, I I agree. I I don't personally. I don't want to take the human element out of the game because, it, you know, it 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 makes okay. That's going. That's another talking point for tomorrow. He blew it. He was all over the place. He was there. I don't think you can make the game too perfect. But when when it's. When it's your team that suffers, I know. It's a very I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know. I just, to me, I just, I don't think it would be. They've been doing it this way for a hundred years, right? And and so the idea behind it is to improve accuracy. So right now, most MLB umpires have about ninety five percent accuracy. You know, c- calling correct balls and strikes. Yeah, which is pretty good. Ninety five percent ain't bad. But it's those that are right on the border. Oh, that could go either uh, yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It's it's those questionable ones that I think is is where the variance is. But those are all seemingly always the ones that matter the most. Well, one thing now, one thing that it will take out is when that ump get mad at you, yeah, and he ain't gonna give you that call. <laughs> right. I don't care if it's right on the black or right down the middle. He gonna he gonna be down there, and then he gonna raise up. 
like okay ball and everybody gonna crack up you know so it will take that aspect out of it i think so i again i want them to deck i want them to give us exactly how that's gonna work with that ump back there and like the transfer if of inf information how quick is that gotta be right. that's gotta be quick right because we we the whole goal is to speed up baseball now because you know they're they're doing all these timers and t time limits so it's got to be fast or else it's everyone's gonna hate it yeah yeah it's it's gotta be uh, i don't think it's i don't think it's the speed of baseball so much um because really that's like one of the few afternoon sports the ones that you could sit there at noon and you know I watch can, or something. You yeah know. you know oh gee no i can <laughs> I, yeah. I think part of the problem is it's you know it doesn't compete with let's say and i always go to this for soccer you know, and basketball because the level of creativity involved in making a play. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that brings baseball down, you know, for the current audience, for this younger audience, you know, they're used to very creative things happening all the time. Look at all the TikToks and stuff. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But OG, uh, sticking with baseball, Carlos Correa went all around the league, it seemed like signing with everybody. And then he ends up with the team he started with. Man, what's your thoughts on that? That's a couple billion dollars in signed, you know, potential later. I mean, he was he was what seven? He was pushing a billion and a half dollars in in all these transactions here, all just to come back to right where he was. But something about he's tall for a shortstop, and something about it triggered the Giants to first turn him down, and then the Mets, you know, which I thought was was going to be a shoe in. They they said no, we. The physical. It, he, yeah, was, the physical. he was right. failing the physicals. Right, right. So something somewhere, there's there's an issue. The twins don't seem to mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How does he go back to Minnesota and not fail a physical? Because I know he he, he ain't been to the doctor. <laughs> right. I mean, you know what I mean? So, uh, But that just shows you that the twins wanted him all along. And, uh, and I think that since he ran out of time with them other teams, he said, I'm going to go over here and take $2 million, $200 million and be fine. Right. So it's not as lucrative of a payday for him. But again, I mean, he didn't have all the all the power anymore because he couldn't pass the dang physical two times now. Not once, but twice. So right. something's going on and either the twins didn't look or, or didn't care. But I'm sure they'll take him, you know, they'll take him back. Uh, happy to pay that money. Uh, another picture, another player I want to ask you about is the picture that uh, the Dodgers had. Uh, Bauer, um, you know, he got in the uh, he was he was the a highly touted uh, free agent pitcher. And uh, he got in that little entanglement with that girl that she he said she said he abused her and all that stuff. So he got suspended for that what that one year. And so now he gets back and the Dodgers release him. Top line pitcher. Do the Atlanta Braves go after him? Yes, absolutely. I with the, I guess shake. We don't have the Braves. Don't have the the, the most depth in in pitching, and we've shown that. You know, look at Ozuna, who's had his legal trouble, albeit different, but yeah. he's had some troubles, and the Braves are okay with it. And I think in this case, he's in the wrong. He's in the wrong sport. I mean, if you're in the NFL or the NBA, that's that's common practice. Yeah, I mean, you know, we lost Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson, the uh, 
bullpen guy used to be the closer with the slider. They call him the slide man. He's gone to the Giants. And we signed uh, Charlie Martin to $20 million, which I felt like we should have let Charlie walk and let him be retired or whatever he was going to do. I think he's lost it. So I go after this guy and try to make him a part of my starting five. And and uh, I, I, I think you need to. I think after losing Dansby, you need some kind of big move to pick up the team. Yeah, and you're going to get him cheap. And he, I mean, he's he's talented. It's not like he just fell off the, you know, his, his talent has fallen off the cliff. He still got it. Yeah, he got it. And and it's going to be a bargain. And it takes a good player away from the Dodgers. Right. We're going to see. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Carrera. He's not with the Mets anymore, which is a great move. He's back on 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 the AL. Right. Yeah. And and he's not with a divisional opponent. So I I think this is just no fault of the Braves doing anything, but just the situation around them has provided some better chances than a week ago. Trevor Bauer, I think the Braves need to be the front runners in going after him and let everybody know, hey, I, we want you in Atlanta because we we want to win another title. We losing too many big-time players, OG. So, Dick, you got anything on that? Man, I, I think it's just like anything else. There's going to be a carousel of people that are coming in and out. You got to shore up your core people. You got to switch out the, you know, the people that aren't really doing their thing. And that's why we have things like AAA. So there's always going to be a Michael Harris somewhere. So, well, you know, the way I, uh, minor leagues, you know, we done gave up a lot of players in trades and we used to be the number one minor league organization in, in baseball. Now we're not because, you know, we've made trades, we pull guys up and we've, we got a reboot down there. So, Right now, you go after Trevor Bauer, and that's gonna give you, that's gonna give that team a, a new morale uh, boost because we lost Dansby, and this boy is the bomb. I wanted him when uh, he first went in free agency a couple of years ago. So, you know, we 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 we're right there, and we got to stay there. OG, don't you think? We've got to do so because we're on the cusp of of falling off that yeah. that that lead pace. I agree, and. And this guy's great because he's not he's gonna be a budget friendly pitcher. And so they show the ownership has shown that they're not willing to write a big check. Well, this guy doesn't require a big check, but he's a big name that's talented. We have to go after him. Right, right, right. So uh guys, hey, there you have it. You know, you 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 got what we're throwing out there. So if you got any thoughts, hey, uh text in the decks. Call in. You know, we want to hear your questions as well. When we get back, we're going to ask a very good question and see if you guys agree with us. Back in a minute on the Couch Potato Sports Report. Hey, this is T-Bird from the Couch Potato Sports Report. I think about Atlanta sports all the time, but I talk about them every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern here on Podbean. Follow the link, join myself, Mo, and the other guy as we'll discuss all Atlanta sports from the Braves to the Hawks and the Falcons. Again, join me, T-Bird, with Mo and the other guy every Friday at 6 p.m. live the episodes will be available on Spotify, Apple, and wherever you listen. 
Hey, this is producer Dex with the Couch Potato Sports Report. I have so much fun watching these guys talk about sports like they're sitting around a water cooler. There are a few things that can prepare to share your peace of mind about something that you care about. Have you ever thought about telling the world what you know? That's where Podbean comes in. Podbean is a podcast platform that combines live streaming, analytics, a website, and more all in one place. You can create, record, distribute, manage, and monetize your pod from a desktop or phone app. Start with the basic free plan and receive a $100 credit for advertising to build your audience. Now go to the show notes, click on the link, and you will receive $100 advertising credit when you start your podcast today. Also, it's a great way to support the show. When shopping for homeowners insurance, understand that any broker can bundle to save you money. The LeVette Group takes insurance further with personalized agent attention. We are always available to advocate for you and your family when processing claims and adjusting for your insurance requirements. Call me, Todd Dean, to find the best package that fits you. I can be reached at 678-777-7718. Again, I'm Todd Dean of the LeVette Group, and you can reach me at 678-777-7718. All right, and we are back on the Couch Potato Sports Report, Friday night, talking sports, sitting back, got a few Doritos on the table. You know, just doing it the way we do it, OG. That's how we roll every week. So the question is, and I know this comes up with a lot of people because when your team lose and they lose in a funny way, you wonder. And the question is, why do we feel sports may be rigged sometimes or at certain times? What, what do you think, OG? You know, inevitably, this question comes up when that fluke thing happens to to my team and they lose or they're not getting the calls or the other team's getting everything and and adds fuel to the fire when we've got some of these controversies or, or referees that are taking money that there's a whole documentary on Netflix about that. Yeah. And so, of course, when the big game comes down in the big moment and somebody either does or doesn't do something that they've done thousands and thousands of times. You always got to wonder, oh, is it rigged? You know, is the team. Uh, the, the, the question is, like, how would they rig it? Like, like you know, people say in the NFL, in the NFL all the time that it's scripted and it's rigged. Okay, who who doing the rigging? How do they, you know, who, who would be a part of that, Dick? Um, I don't know, but I can tell you where the rigging is where it's questionable what the questions can actually be brought up. It's usually on a ref's call, usually on like a pass play. The D back will get called for pass interference. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it just, it's usually plays like that, you know, to where things are kind of susceptible at those moments. Uh, and, and and think about it when you in the NFL now, all the refs, they got an earpiece, all of them. Mm-hmm. So that could be information passed in there on a certain call, a certain play. All right, I, I need that to be a holding in there somewhere. I, I need this or I need that. What do you think, OG? So 
could there be I, I think it is more likely if if i'm going to put my tinfoil hat on and go conspiracy theory i think the rigging of the game it's too hard to do when when athletics and and if you are supposed to catch it or don't or you've got to put the everything's got to be perfect for the game to follow the script just so you just you can't script some of these things now could there be point shaving absolutely and right. that's where some of these refs and that's where they play a role but still there's too many people involved to have it be a secret for years and years and years and go on somebody somewhere is going to get mad and spoil the beat watergate was you know the most complex secret of all and and that thing got blown up so yeah it just it's too too much too many people involved to be a secret when, when i think about it though you know like uh when i let's go back to the falcons 2016. everybody said that was rigged we up we dominate the first half i'm talking about dominate bill belichick and the patriots the first half and in the second half they come all the way back we was up 28 to 3. they come all the way back and win the game and and we're like how did we forget how to do everything we done in the first half in the second half well i being a pats fan i i you know i've, I've got an opinion <laughs> but um i just coaches make a lot of adjustments and and when you've got a player that's been around you know a veteran player like tom brady who can with a look here or there can move a safety or a defensive back around and and you you do that which is different than you did in the first, it changes where you're going to be when you're going to be there and so i think that's more of an adjustment and just the falcons had a chance or two to put their foot on the throat, but they chose not to. They chose to punt instead of going for it on fourth and one, I think at the 30, whatever. And I, I just, I to me, I don't, I think that was just the, the Falcons did everything wrong and they did it to themselves. Well, we had a number of questionable calls on that last drive. We, we had a couple of holding pass interference. Uh, I know one or two didn't look like it at all. And, 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 so therefore you could you could bring in the fact right there dex that that could have been possibly rigged incident in that in that scenario but i'm but if edelman doesn't make that catch like you can't script that catch first uh -huh. of all and then if he for whatever reason doesn't there's no going back from that like the, the they would have lost the patriots would have lost the game if edelman didn't make that catch to extend that drive that's true but but that also don't forget the pass interference don't forget the holding a couple of times and when, the, when you go back and look at the film it was questionable so so because he did do that that added fuel to the fire when all of that came and it's tom brady going for his sixth super bowl he the golden boy the nba i mean of the uh, nfl so Okay, so so let me theorize here for a minute. So you're saying, let's just say Edelman doesn't make the catch. Will there then instantly somebody will throw the flag for a late hit on the QB or a roughing the QB? It could be, could be. I mean, okay, let's go back to the Buccaneers and the Falcons. Grady sacks Tom Brady 
for us to get our fill. Legitimate sack. Everybody across the board. But we throw a flag. And the game keeps going, and they go down and win the game. We had a legitimate chance to win that game. But it's Tom Brady again, a legitimate sack. And they they throw the flag. So I agree that was a legitimate sack. Now, the only thing I can say is because of where the field judge and the back judge, where all these folks are standing, you can't see every angle. And so you can't tell if he did have his arms down to, to ease up and not, you know, fall all his weight on him. Yes, you can. We seen it. And, and whether he did or he didn't, it was just a legitimate sack. You don't have to call that flag. If that's Tom Brady's team, that flag is not called. And you know it, OG. That flag is not called. So let's think back a couple a couple years earlier with, what was it, the Saints and the Rams and that pass interference that should have been and shouldn't have been. Now, I, I, that's another. That, I mean, that's why people come up with these conspiracy theories about it's rigged. And, of course, they're going to bring it up even more when their team loses. Right. So here's here's one uh, also involving the Falcons. 98. 1990. Yes. Yes. The Falcons play the Vikings in the NFC Championship. Yes. Game. Yes. And Gary, this is Randy, the, during the Randy ratio. Randy yeah. Gary Anderson was 39 of 39 on field goals yeah. and hit every single extra point in 1998. Yeah. And he fails miserably on a easy 38-yard field goal with less than five minutes to go. Yes. So, like, that's unexplicable, unexplainable. I can I can see how people can, you know, add how that starts. But come on now. It's just, it, it's too, too much involved to keep it all a secret for this long. And you never heard from him again. He was one of the best kickers in the league at that time. And you never heard from him again after that year because that's when Mike Vick ran that long uh, touchdown in the end zone and ran through the tunnel. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Now that was that was the one when we went to the Super Bowl, wasn't it? Was that yep. the one? Yep. Okay, because we went to Super Bowl '98. So yeah, but but you know, I mean, it could have been a legitimate miss, or I'm sure they think that it might have been rigged. Um, I think uh, even though he's not dead, I think the spirit of Pete go uh Pete Rose went into all the refs and made their calls. He still has bad debts to pay with the mafia. I don't know if that's true, but I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> that's Dexter. Now I think I think where point I think gamblers, uh, you know, people that gamble about games, I think there's I mean, certainly through the history books, there have been cases where there have been some influence on players or umpires for betting purposes, but yeah, that's more point shaving and, and whatnot, not necessarily making sure that this team wins or that team wins. Well, you did have an official in the NBA get caught for that a few years ago. Yeah. Tim uh, Donahue. Yep. Yeah. And and uh so he was he was point shaving, right? Yeah, do, making calls to do whatever. But I'm gonna tell you. I was watching the Atlanta Hawks play the other night. And, you know, we all frustrated with Trey Young right now. I know I am. Uh, seemed like he's trying to be a diva. But I could have swore in that game, some of the passes Trey was making, it's like he was throwing the game. I mean, just you don't make no pass across the lane 
in the NBA, everybody got damn long arms. You standing right here, and you just throw it. And the dude just snaps it out of the air, and they going that way. He did that two or three damn times. And I'm like, I look, I know you mad at Nate, but is is that what it's come to? That's you know, a good point, man. I I it's it's hard to miss or a shot or a bad pass on purpose. You've got to practice missing it to make it look real. Yeah. Because it you it's hard to do it. You're you're trained to make the shot, make the pass. It's ingrained in you. So for me to say, hey, T-Bird, pass me that, but pass it over here instead, it's hard to do. You gotta make it look, you gotta sell it and make it look which is tough. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it just looked like Trey literally just threw the other team the ball. That's what it looked like to me. I was cracking up. I didn't know what to do. And he did it three times. He, you know, I just, and then we're going to talk about that forever. So anyway, <laughs> I mean, you know, what you got, Dick? Man, I, uh, you know, switching from baseball to soccer, I, I feel like the World Cup was rigged because uh, France should have won, but they lost it on damn penalties. So. See, it's even as soccer. See, it's in all yeah, sports. man. There's no way that goalkeeper out of nowhere. Uh, come on, dude. Against <laughs> killing Mbappe. Are you serious? Yeah, but man? how would he... I mean, how do you how do you make that happen? I mean, man, FIFA. That's how you make it happen. <laughs> no, see, but see, maybe the, you can't script something like this uh-uh. from the start. It, it's too complicated. Too many too many things have to be perfect every single time for it to follow the script. There's there's a player element involved, and somebody somewhere is gonna kick it. Un, you know, not just right. It, it just there's too many things that have to line up. But during once the games started, and I can see point shaving, yes, uh-huh. but rigging outright rigging, absolutely not well, impossible. What was it? The Black Sox scandal, nineteen nineteen. Oh yeah, like eight of them. Like, yeah, come but, on. but that's the entire eight team. That's the <laughs> yeah, entire yeah, team. They were all in on that, right? Yeah. So you, I know it's been done to some extent, but you know we'll never know because we're gonna keep buying the tickets and. And they gonna keep playing and getting rich, and we're gonna keep speculating. And when my team loses, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we get out of here this week, uh, I want to pass a, a couple of notes of a couple of passings. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows by now that Lisa Marie Presley died. Uh, she was Elvis's only daughter. Uh, sad news there. Sad yeah. news for the family. Uh, I hated to hear that. Uh, I thought uh, Lisa was. One of the prettiest women I've I've seen in a while. I thought she's a, and she seemed to have a good rep. Uh, you know, y'all know she was married to Michael Jackson now for a while, and yeah, I hated that. But I, like I was telling OG at the break, uh, when I seen her at the Golden Globes, they showed clips of her. She did not look well. She Man. did not look well. I, I I'm I, you know I'm just saying what I saw. And they say she had a cardiac arrest, which, you know, is pretty much a heart attack. And that's, I, I just hate that. 54 years old. Yeah, so young. So young. So young. Another one is uh, Robbie Knievel. Remember uh, the son of Evil Knievel? Yeah. Uh, who jumped all the cars and stuff. 60 years old. Yes. That's, that's young, man. Jumped into heaven. So. so I hated that. And another guy, Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck, Yardbirds. Beck, I know you. For your love. Uh, you know, great yeah. guitars, right? Amazing guitars. There were tons of really good guitars from the 60s and 70s. Oh, gee. But the positive news, DeMar Hamlin released from the hospital. 
who was the right. Buffalo Bills player. So I, it seems like that was the story America was following there right. for, for a yeah. whole week or so. So, you know, we got some bad news, but we got some good news got too. some good news there, yeah. So Yeah, man, shout out to him and his family. So. No doubt, no doubt. Shout out to everybody. Well, guys, we want to thank you for uh, joining us on the Couch Potato Sports Report this week. Uh, hopefully more will be back next week to take us home. And uh, OG, any parting words? Ah, not really. I just looking forward to uh, some playoff football that no starts doubt. this week. No doubt, Dick. Uh, yeah. Um, follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. Uh, the best way to support the show is to share it with a friend. So, hey, couldn't have said it any better. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs>